We are back, and uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. The first time we did Highlight City Week was um, August of last year. In the middle of a pandemic, we got out and we served our city. Whew, you got to excuse me. That song is uh, special. I'm shaking a little bit, not trying to be religious about it, just it's the spirit of God. You know, when he moves, it's hard to move on with your plans. You know, you can just stay there for a few more minutes, and maybe we should have, but um, God is good. You got to fall in love with the Lord. You got to stop playing church. And listen, I want to encourage you to, you don't need a testimony to love God. You don't have to go through tough times to know how good he is. Just, just love him. Come on, put your hands together for that. Just love God. God is good. He's faithful. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's go. I'm going to go to Matthew, Matthew 5, verse 1. And before we do that, let's pray. Father, once again, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for a new day. Thank you, God, that the sun is out. <laughs> and, and we have the opportunity to come together to, to worship you. Thank you, God, that you've, you saw fit to give us another day and to be present. And we don't take that for granted. Now, open our hearts. Use me as your mouthpiece. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to get into Matthew 5. And to give you context, um, Jesus is just starting his ministry. And uh, Matthew 5 through 7 is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And um, his most famous teaching and a lot of our value a lot of our values and our value system in America comes from Matthew 5 through 7 if you look at the constitution or some of those government articles you get a lot of things from Matthew 5 I was doing some research on the impact of Christianity I'm still shaking I'm trying to get out of this man the impact of yeah the impact of Christianity uh, on America, and uh, out of the first 123 universities that were started, uh, or schools that were started in America, only one was secular. So 122 of them were Christian-based. Harvard was Christian-based, and um, you ought to look it up. Their their original mission statement had Jesus in it, and um, we can't get too far away from from the Lord. And uh, so he's starting his ministry, and it says this here. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. Two, two terms I want you to keep in mind there is crowds and disciples. Someone say crowds. Someone say disciples. All right. And so he's teaching through, and once again, this is where you get the, the terms, blessed are the peacemakers, and for they will be called the children of God, and blessed and blessed, and these are the Beatitudes, you know, this should be your attitude, and so famous teaching. We're going to skip to verse 14, and he says here, he says, you are the light, someone say light, of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket, 
Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Someone say everyone. In the same way that a lamp shines, I love this, he says this here, let your good deeds shine out for all, someone say all, to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly, heavenly father. I remember uh, it was March of 2012 and um, great, great day at work, great day, hungry, ready for lunch. And um, as was my custom, I would go outside, and I, I remember that car. Y'all, I don't even know if y'all was in my life when I had this car. Maybe you were. 2008 Chevy Malibu. Ain't nothing to brag about. I'm just saying some Chevy, whatever. <laughs> my wife is usually here, like, come on. Like, everything is come on, and y'all get excited, but I'm going to have to fire y'all up myself. It's already hard enough looking at me. Anyway. I'm telling you, it's a public speaking, man. People don't, don't, you know. Anyway, so I uh, went out for lunch, and I was in a season where I was reading through um, Matthew 5, reading through Matthew 5 and eating and putting on some worship and taking my notes. I had about 40 minutes or so. You know, you always go 10 minutes over, you know, and you never really return back. I'm not teaching you well. That's not excellence. Um, but you always take an extra few minutes on lunch. They ain't looking for you, so you take a few minutes. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, so I read five, Matthew 5, and I come upon 14 through 16, and, and just in that moment for about five to ten minutes, God downloads. Number one, he gives me the name of Highlight Church, and then he, he downloads, I call them vision buckets, and it was like three, three buckets that held three different atmospheres in it. And so one of those buckets was Sundays, and I, I saw Sundays and it's crazy because I'm like, God, it's highlight church, but you're showing me dark rooms where people, hands are up and crying and worshiping, and, and it's powerful. And I'm sure we, we've gotten that complaint in the past. Isn't this highlight church? And you want us to take notes, but it's dark in here like it's such a, doesn't make sense. We got all those emails and stuff and throughout the years. Then the second bucket was uh, groups meeting in homes and townhomes and apartments throughout the city or the cities that our church would be in. And, and this is where discipleship and prayer and relationship and connection on a deeper level was going to take place. I saw people meeting in groups, eating food. Jesus loved to eat. Um, the disciples loved to eat, having fun. And then that third environment was I saw a sea of people dispersed. And I always saw the people's backs. He never gave me a face. I didn't know y'all. But it was a sea of people, and, and they were going throughout the cities that our churches were located in, and, and they were giving out bags of food and giving out clothes and, and, and cleaning up parks and painting buildings. And I, I saw some meetings with government officials and, and, and all that good stuff. And so God showed me that, and I, I wrote it all down, and it's at home right now in my yellow composition book. And um, Jesus said, Crowds. Someone say crowds. And disciples. Now, now, when, when we think about, like, concerts, right? When we think about concerts, um, be it spiritual or secular, um, all kinds of people are at concerts. Um, sec, uh, um, secular, I'm sorry, secular moms. Single moms are at concerts. Single fathers. Um, rich people 
not-so-rich people. Um, bad people. Good people. People who have been in and out of jail, in and out of prison. Um, people who are addicted to substances. People who are in college, high school people. All kinds of people come together when there are crowds, right? I, I think when we read the Bible, it's like Jesus came and there was a crowd and there were his disciples. And I don't know if we ever think about this. Maybe it's only me, but we think that these people are perfect. Like these people had it all, all together, which really doesn't make sense because if Jesus is God and he came to seek and save the lost, there's no way that when we read the Bible and we see crowds that we should even think that the people in the crowd had it all together. That's why he, that's why he came. Then it says disciples. Oh, my God, don't, don't make me get started on how jacked up they were. Disciples. We have fishermen, um, Peter, fisherman. So he was a hard worker, sweaty all the time, stinky all the time. He was a swindler because he was a businessman. So he was always trying to get up. We had tax collectors. They were hated. They were liars. But these were Jesus' chosen men and women. You had people like Chusa. She worked for King Herod. So she was a government employee. She worked for the government. She was the accountant of all of King Herod's affairs. So she saw the budget for, for the kingdom. She oversaw the money. She would have been there. People like Joseph of Arimathea would have been in the crowd. He was a bona fide millionaire. Uh, uh, people like um, Simon the, the zealot. So a zealot was um, like those guys and gals that you saw January 6th in D.C. That was a zealot. They would have been there. Jesus would have freely taught them and loved on them and healed them and accepted them. And call, we can clap that up and, and, and call them in. Because it's not Democrat or Republican, it's kingdom, right? So, so oh, man, there are people, those people, those people, those people. No, those would have been the exact people that Jesus would have called closer because he would have looked at their, their zeal and their passion, and he would have said, hmm, they're a little off because the devil is on them. But if I get the devil off of them and put me in them, they can change the world. Yeah. That's, that's the way Jesus sees people. We see white and black. We're lame. We're racist. We're prejudiced. Jesus don't see that. He sees passion. He sees ignorance. He sees that people need a revelation of his love. And if they get it, it's over for the devil. It's over. It's over for the devil. And, and so crowds and, and disciples and, and uh, simply put, go ahead and write this down. God calls ordinary people to do extraordinary things. I remember uh, uh, when, when we met Pastor Chow and, and Krizia, he had just gotten an offer for his dream job. I mean, it was it. Was, it, was it. it was it. And it had growth potential, too. So they, they called him in. They interviewed him. He got the job. They asked him. When do you want to work? Um, what do you want your, your position to look like? How much do you want to get paid? And, and he'll tell you to this day he should have asked for more money because they didn't give him any pushback. 
And it was, all, it was lined up. And here I come about a week later. Like, hey, uh, want to start a church with me? In Maryland? Where in February, it's 80 degrees down here. But up there, it's 19 degrees and it's snowing and you're stuck inside. And the cost of living is 37% higher than here. And I can't pay you. And you got to find a job. You want to do it? And we talked to you as well. And a week or two later, y'all came back without hesitation and y'all were ready to go. And, um, and, and, and we, uh, we, we came and, and we we're here now. And we came so that people would find true life in Jesus and, and so that a city, a city would be blessed. Because, see, see, that's what God does. It's out of a crowd, Jesus will call out people to trust him, not to be perfect. A lot of y'all were raised in that that legalistic thing you were raised in church and, and you had to wear your skirts way down here and you couldn't wear, you couldn't show a tattoo, you couldn't show a little something, something. And so like you, as you got older, you left the Lord. You left the church. You didn't leave God. You didn't know God. You knew religion. You didn't know Jesus. You didn't know his love. You knew rules, but you didn't know his love. You didn't know how much he loved you. You didn't know his plan for you. You left church. You left people. You didn't leave God. You can't leave God. God, God is with you all the time. He, he goes before you. He goes behind you. He's beneath you. He's on the side of you. If you read Moses, Moses will tell you God is everywhere. David even said, if I die, he is in the grave. He, he's everywhere. You can't leave God. You left an institution. This is why people say, I hate organized religion. You don't hate the church. The church is not organized religion. The church is a living organism breathed on by God move through by God. God is empowering the church. He's doing th- supernatural things through the church. You don't hate the church. You hate, you hate religious spirits. You hate do's and don'ts. You don't hate flow. You, you don't hate being able to come to church and sip a coffee with ripped jeans and, and cool clothes and, and, and meet cool people and, and make a difference together. You don't hate that. You, you hate religion. That's what you hate, Right? So, so, so he, he came, and what, what Jesus did was he was teaching, and what he was going to do is he, he was going to pull 12 men out of this crowd, 12 ordinary, bad attitude, confused, imperfect headaches. And he was going to draw them closer, develop them, disciple them, and, and, and it was going to be great. So this is what God did. This is what God did in your church. He called together nine people and two little boys, and they're getting tall now, and it's getting crazy. And, 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 and what he does is he puts a little bit of favor on that small group, and that group bands together. They align. They have one common vision, one common goal, and what starts to happen? That group begins to pull other people in, and it gets larger and it gets larger, and it gets larger, and it gets larger, and that group, which now becomes the church, makes a citywide impact through the power and the supernatural hand of God. That's what you love. That's church. 
And there are two sobering realities right now as a church that we have to get and understand. And that's number one, people are hurting in our city. People are hurting in our city. Some of us are sitting in here right now and we're hurting. You can tell, you, you go to the coffee shop or Starbucks, you can look at the barista's face and they're hurting. You can go to the grocery store. You can, if you've had enough courage to go to the mall, you can go to the mall and see how empty it is and how despondent and discouraged the employees are. And they're just waiting outside of their places of business, wanting some business. They're discouraged. People are hurting. The problem with it is that the hurt often goes unseen because we hide very well wherever we go. Oh, I'm okay. I, I live in Potomac. I, I live in a million-dollar home. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. I have an education. I work for the Biden administration. We're, we're perfectly fine now. He's in office. I'm fine. But you're still hurt. I'm, I, oh, I'm married. I'm not single. I don't deal with single people issues. Yeah, but your marriage sucks. They're hurting. And, and as a church, what Jesus was saying to the crowd, to the, watch this, to the crowd of hurt people. He was saying, you are the light. You, you are the solution to the issues in the world. But Lord, I'm hurt. I know. But if you let me, I can heal you. And you can go from hurt to healed to hero. If you let me. If, if, if you let the Lord, you can go from a, a life of hurt to a life of wholeness to being a hero. He was talking to the crowd about their potential because it said he spoke to the crowd and the disciples. And then he said, you are the light of the world. Something they didn't fully understand in that moment. And you don't get it now. Because you're like, how could I ever change someone's life? I'm a mess. Just let them do a work. You haven't even tapped into your God-given potential. So that's the first thing is that people are hurt in our city. And the second thing is this, is that the darkness is closing in. The darkness is closing in. What in the world is that? The, the, the darkness is closing in. Su- suicide rates are skyrocketing. Depression skyrocketing. Suicide amongst teenagers skyrocketing. It's closing in. And, and don't get me twisted. I, I talked about those three buckets when reading Matthew 5, right? Talked about those three buckets. Sundays, strength and power and worship and encouragement. Love Sundays. We all love Sundays. There's a lot of light here this morning. There's a lot of light during worship. 
there's a lot of light when the word is preached. There's a lot of light. We get to hug and, and high five and see people and be around each other. And we get to go out there and get our green shirts because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go into the city. And, and you, you, get, to, you get, get a little gift when you leave the church and your kids are learning the gospel. There's a lot of light in here on a Sunday. And then that second bucket, because these buckets become baskets, if you're not careful, a lot of churches get caught. See, see God will give a pastor a vision, and, and he'll put it in a bucket, but if the pastor is not careful in how he or she leads, th- those buckets can become baskets that Jesus talked about in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, and they can become the baskets. Light, light groups, there's a lot of light in light groups, right? You know, you pray together, and you lay hands, and, and you encourage each other, and if someone's going through a crisis, you come around them, you love on them, you have fun, you eat food. Jesus loved to eat. The disciples love to eat. We tell you in light group to eat, have fun, go on a trip develop friendships there's a lot of light in light groups a lot of light but the problem is is this if the light is only in here on a sunday and if it's only in our groups throughout the week where does that leave the rest of the city It leaves the rest of the city in spiritual darkness. So Jesus said, you're not to light a lamp and put it under a basket. But what we need to do is allow the light that is shining in here to become the light that is now I see all's faces shine out there. He said, it's, it's not, we got it twisted. We're not a country club. We're not a sorority. We're not a fraternity. We're not a clique. We're not an audience. We're an army. We're an army. Come on, put your hand. We're an army. 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 It has to get out. And he was trying to let him know, we, we got to stop thinking about our, ourselves. And we got to start thinking about others. Because um, even as we hurt when you serve, you, you heal. And I love, what, I love what the Lord said in Jeremiah 29. Uh, your favorite verse is 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Let, let's back up about six verses because there is some gold here. It says here, God says to them when they were exiled, he says here in verse 5, build homes, plan to stay, plant gardens, eat the food they produce, Marry and have children, then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. Don't just allow the circumstance to cause you to just, no, no, don't dwindle away. He says multiply and work for the peace and prosperity of the city. Someone say city, where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. When it comes to the church and the city, go ahead and write these three things down. Uh, Number one, the church is called to work for the city's peace. Work for the city's peace. When it comes to division, the the church ought to be the bridge. Ought to be the bridge when that discussion breaks out in your home, that political discussion. 
that discussion on race, that division, be the bridge. Number two, the church is called to work for the city's prosperity. Work for the city's prosperity. As a believer, you ought to be asking yourself, what am I doing so that my city would prosper? You may not live in Gaithersburg, but your church is here. What, what, what can you do to make sure the city is prospering? And number three, the church is called to pray for the city. For its welfare will determine your welfare. Simply put, the church is called to be in relationship with the city. That, that's the nature of, is this making sense? I'm trying to make it as clear as possible because a lot of things Christ said, and if you read the Bible, it can, but it's very practical. If you're in a church, you you root yourself there. You develop relationship. You grow in your faith. And then you begin to ask yourself, how can I begin to make a difference, not just in these four walls, but out there in the lives of people who don't know the Lord? That's what Jesus is saying. That makes sense for Sean? Is that clear? Cool, 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 cool. So, hence, let's celebrate this. Highlight the City Week is starting tomorrow. Come on, let's celebrate. Put our hands together. And um, now we'll get practical and, and give you some vision and some strategy and all that stuff. But this is our second Highlight the City Week, and uh, it, it's huge. Uh, no church has ever done this in the history of the city, and we did the first one in August, and it's even bigger this time, and so many of you have already signed up for serving opportunities, and it's been a joy to see those opportunities fill up. And so I want to I give you two ways that as we serve these multiple opportunities per day, two ways that as a church, we love our city practically. Here, just go ahead and write this down. Number one, partnership. We value partnership. So, so what we've done for four years now is we'll reach out to an organization or the school board and, and, and we'll, we'll ask, are there any needs? We'll contact them to connect. Are there any needs? Do you, do you need finances? Do you need people to come and serve? Do you need mentors, tutors? What, what do you need? And, and we partner to discover the needs. I was telling the staff earlier this week that a lot of churches get a bad rep because you'll pull up to a stoplight and that guy or that gal, they'll be in the median asking for some money. And you probably asked yourself before, like, the church ought to be doing this. Like, what the church at? The church, the church, the church. Well, the church, here it is. The church is not called to everyone. The, the church is called to some people, but not everyone. If you read the scripture, the Bible says that Jesus told his disciples, he said, I've given you the authority to heal, to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to, to give sight to the blind. And he says, so go, don't take money with you, don't take staff with you, don't take anything with you, go. And then he said this, Olivia, he says, do not stop to greet anyone along the way. So this lets us know something about our operation as a church. We can't do everything for everyone. We got to stay focused on the vision that, that, that God has given us, meaning, meaning we can't just stop and say, hey, do you, do you have a need? 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 Do you? We can't do that. We, we have to go and, and create the partnerships that God has called us to, to create. He even told the disciples, he said, as you go from this ain't, this ain't, see, this ain't blessing you. So you kind of like, you ready to go. No, no, this will bless you if you lean into it. So he told the disciples, he said, um, when you go and if you get in, if you get to a home and 
their peace is with you, go into that home and bless that home. So before we moved here, Pastor Chow, we called and reached out to a lot of organizations. They didn't want to partner with us. So Jesus said, dust, dust it off, dust it off, and keep on moving. Other organizations said, yeah, we can partner. And, and the peace was there. And the need was found because they know the city more than we know the city. And so as a church, we're never going to just create service opportunities and make a mess. We needed to find the need. And, and we're finding the need. And we're meeting the needs. And we're addressing the needs. Another reason why we partner, go ahead and write this down, is for network. We partner for network. If you, uh, if you serve well with one organization, they'll begin to speak to you. They'll begin to speak about you to other organizations. Oh, that's Highlight Church. That's Highlight. Oh, you can, you can count on it. And it's not about us, but when a church moves in, they know that it's not just the church. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're pointing them back to Christ because at the end of it all, that's what it's all about. It was such a joy. It was 2018. Um, I don't want to bore you, so i got to put a story in. It was 2018. I mean, this is a good message. I love this. This is where you have all the fun. Come on. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a great this ain't no workout and values. This ain't last week. Y'all remember Pastor Kyle last week talking about that, that stuff? This is stuff that, that, that grows you. You know, in 2018, we received the Community Partner of the Year Award with Family Services, the largest and oldest outreach organization in this county. And we shared that award with the uh, Montgomery County Police Department. And I was able to, three minutes, I was able to stand up in front of so many influential people in the city. And I took my three minutes. Talked about the Lord. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's influence. That's kingdom influence. And you're part of that. The second way we, we partner, go ahead and write this down, is through generosity. We are a generous church. We give away a lot of, a lot of money and a lot of our time. And uh, it says this here in Corinthians. Paul said this to the church in Corinth. He said, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. The word poor there means those who are more needy, you know, who are more needy. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Someone say forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. This is the principle here. God sends resource from heaven and gives it to you. You give it away. You return. God gives to you you give away. You return, God gives to you, you give away. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. This is why tithing is so important. This is why the offering is so important, because God is always going to make sure that you are provided for when you are giving above, above and beyond. And then he says this, when we take your gifts, someone say gifts, to those who need them, they will thank God, not the church. 
We don't, we don't care if we shine in the city. Thank you, Jesus. This is good. We don't care if we shine in the city and the people that we impact never end up in here. That's not why we do it. That's not why we do it. We're not, we're, we're not, we're not serving so that our baskets would shine brighter. We're serving so that people would know Jesus Christ, so that people would be free. That's why we're serving, so that more people would be in heaven and less in hell. And so Paul says they will thank God, not the church in Corinth, God. Because when we get to heaven, we'll look over and we'll say, you never came to Highlight Church. But I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember you. We made it. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, we made it. I gave you. I gave you. You gave me. I gave you groceries. And it was that bag of groceries. It was that room you painted. It was that prayer. It was that shine shirt. I went online, I went to Google, and I typed in Shine T-Shirts Gaithersburg, and it pointed me to Highlight. I never came to Highlight. I went to that church, but I gave my life to Jesus, and I'm saved, and I'm in heaven. Yeah. We We don't do this. Do it to get people to the Lord. Let me give you a a, a secret for your growth with God. I never got down here. Let me give you a secret. You know I'm tripping now. Let me give you a secret to growth in your faith. You ready for this? The mature people will be, you don't even have to be spiritually mature. You just got to have a little common sense. Let me give you a secret to growing in your faith with God. Here it is. You ready? You ready? This might offend some of you. Here it is. Christianity. Christianity is not about you. See, some of us, we, we come to church and we come and we're like, What does God have for me today? I can't wait for pastor's word. I appreciate it. Like, I need it. You know, I'm human. I'm a little insecure, so I love it when you're like, Pastor, that was a fire word. I need it. But, like, tell me on the way out. Let me know. You know what I mean? But, but, look. (laughs) But listen. That, it need to be 50-50. Like, Lord, I need something from you. But beyond that, like, if you give me something, how can I take what you've given me in here? Come on, put your hands together. And make it a little brighter in the city, in my home, in my neighborhood. It ain't about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. So when I asked you, Pastor Child, you want to quit your job? You know really what the question was? Are you a selfish Christian? And the other question that I I started to ask you is, do you want to change the world? 
Then beneath all that, do you want to have some fun? Because now it's fun, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. You want to be blessed? Live by that motto. My life is not about me. It's about him. It's about them. It's, it's, it's an, what we call at Highlight Church the L effect. Like, so when you serve, and I hope we're staying fresh with this teams, that this is not a concert. The worship and production team know this is not a concert. This is consecrated unto God. It is holy. People come in here with sin, with baggage, with bondage, and we need to be anointed enough to set people free because it's a mess out there. And it's not about us. It's not about us. I'm so sorry. I'm holding you all above. Is this a good word? All right. All right. See, I told you I need it. 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 All right. Here it is. What was I? Oh, quick points real quick. This is what we want. We want, here it is. Write these down. We want God's blessing on our church based upon Corinthians. Number two, we want the ability to continue to be generous. We want to continue to be generous. And number three, we want thanksgiving to overflow in our city. And um, to date, and, and this, is, this is crazy because when we started the church, there was $2,000 left in the checking account. Didn't know if we were going to be able to pay rent in November 2016. But to date, in just over four years, you've given right over $150,000 to our outreach partners. Come on, we can, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's like, that's another thing we walk around with. I wish God would do something amazing in my life. He has. Have you ever given an offering here? It's gone a long way. You you are the one doing the miracles in this city. And you just got to recognize that you're a part of something bigger than yourself. And heaven sees it. And, and God is pleased with you. And so a, a, few, a few of the, Jason, come on and close me out. If not, I'll keep talking. A few, of the, a few of the things that we've identified as we've partnered with the city is there are two things going on in, in the city. Go ahead and write these down. Number one is hunger. Hunger is rampant. You wouldn't know it because MoCo is so affluent and but no, there's hunger going on. A lot of kids are going hungry at home, and we're going to seek to address that. So I want to encourage you to sign up for this event um, for a grocery delivery opportunity that we have. Uh, we've partnered with Gaithersburg Hub, where we pack food, and we get it out to those in need in the area, in our city. We want to help address that. Got to love on our city. I want to encourage you to... Um, Food for the homeless. Now, if you can't cook, don't, don't be giving no one no food. Bless you, bless you right? You, you, God bless you. But unless you have the, the gift of sprinkle hands from God, the, the spiritual gift of, what's that, that cat that be? 
Yes, yes. Unless you got that, that spiritual gift, don't do it. Have a homeless person going. To... Them church folk don't know how to cook. That undermines the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's messing it up. When I tell y'all that Jesus loved to eat, John 21, uh, they had got scared. He died. He went, you know, they got scared. They went back to their nine to fives. and They went back to fishing. And the Bible says that he was on the shore. He was on the beach. And from a distance, they couldn't tell who it was, but it was Christ. And he was cooking fish. I don't even eat fish, man. But just, just because Jesus cooking it, I'm, whew, that sounds good. So don't, don't mess up the Lord. Let Rashawn do it for you. Don't give it up for Rashawn, everybody. He's, he got that. His biceps huge, so he might just go right there. I'm tired. I'm ready to go. Okay. And, and domestic violence, that's the second thing. Domestic violence is rampant in this area. And uh, we, we've had the privilege to partner with the Betty Ann Cronkie Center for two years now, and uh, we have two more rooms to paint and clean, and we will be done with all of the rooms. Highlight Church has done all of their rooms, and um, it's, it's amazing. And then we're going to start moving into the common areas. The, the, this is a place where women who are fleeing domestic violence with their children go to uh, I was a little late to the party. We had already did about 10 or 12 rooms, and I finally went in and I visited. And, and um, I was grateful for all we had done, but started to look at the, the lobby and the play sets. It's just cold, dark. And, you, you know, and the way I read the Bible is the way I see situations, and I'm like, so this kid and his mom just left crazy dad, crazy boyfriend, beating her, probably trying to beat the kid, drunk, and they escape, thank God they have somewhere to escape to, but they escape and they escape to someone somewhere that's probably less clean, and those people are doing the best they can, but it's probably less clean and put together than their home, and for me, it just didn't make sense. Just walk through and just start tearing up, and I'm like, not on, not on highlights. Watch. We 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 can't stand by and allow darkness to have its way. So we gotta serve and we gotta give and we gotta build up the morale of that place so those babies and those women can go in there. They can know that God is real because of a church that heard the call, a church that responded. Sign up and finish that off with us, and we got some more work to do, some more money to invest, some more hours to put in. Jesus said this, and I'll, I'll close us out. All right, Matthew 25. Y'all okay? All right, I'm, I'm going to read this, and we'll pray. Matthew 25. Now, this is the judgment at the end of time when, we're, when we are all resurrected and we come before the king. 
And the Bible says that the Lord is going to separate sheep from goats. The goats will end up on the left hand. The sheep will end up on the right. He's going to separate those who played church and those who were the church. Because the church is not a place. Church is a people. And it says this here, verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. I love, Pastor Chow always reminds me of this. He always says, we're preparing to do a work in heaven. That's why we serve here. You're, you're in training for heaven. Heaven is not clouds and you do nothing and angels serve you. You're going to do some great work, work that you love to do in heaven. So when you serve the church, when you serve in the world, you're just building up your strength for eternity. And so he's saying, come on into it. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Pastor Kyra has a huge heart for prison ministry. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? These are the people who got lost in serving others. And they didn't even know that when they were giving out groceries or handing the homeless that bland mac and cheese, that they were actually feeding Jesus himself. They're like, when did we do this? When did we do this? And, and this is the Lord. It's, they say, when, when did we do this? Or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, here it is. I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Come on. Doing it to me. So church, let's step up, let's sign up, let's show up, and let's shine. It's going to be a fun week. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you, God. God, I pray for a burden and a passion for those that we don't know, but you love. And maybe we won't have a a tangible experience with a client or a person. But maybe we, it will be a little bit transactional, God, but call us to position ourselves, Lord, to shine for your glory. Be it handing out food or praying for someone or cleaning somewhere, Lord. Just shine through us, God. God, I thank you that you love your children in this room. You care for them. And as they begin to rearrange their schedule to serve you and to serve the city, God, I pray a special blessing over every person here that you would see to it that all of their needs are met. Bless them, Lord, as they shine this week. If there is anyone in here who does not know Jesus as your Savior, I want to just give you an opportunity with every head bowed. Begin to open up your heart right now. We said earlier in this message, if you would allow him to you would allow him to. He can heal you, make you whole, and turn you into a hero. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation, 
a fresh start. Maybe you're saying, Josh, I want you to include me in that prayer. And if that's you, just repeat these words after me. Mean it with all your heart and you shall be saved. Church, in support of those who are coming to Christ for the first time, repeat these words after me as well. Let's pray. Father God, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died and that you rose him from the grave. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for salvation. I give my life to you. I ask for your spirit in my heart. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Come on, come on, come on.